Blog Talk Radio. It's Crazy D's Web Show Radio, brought to you by Crazy D's Music Palace, located at 20,003 Harvard Avenue. Also, Crazy D's DVDs and Crazy D's Lord Lamb Models. Don't forget to watch the web show on YouTube. Search Crazy D's Web Show. And now here he is, Crazy D. Welcome, welcome all to the first episode of Crazy D's Web Show. Again, we want to welcome all of you to the first episode of Crazy D's Web Show, live on Crazy D Web Show Radio. I'm Crazy D. I'm your host. And today's topic, which we have been uh, pubbing all week for the first premiere show, is the problem with artistic nude modeling and black females. Let's run it down so you know. I believe black women have bought into the stereotypes. Many black women believe to be nude on film means the finished product will be pornographic in nature. Do most black women have low self-esteem while they play it off? Do they really hate their body, skin, tone, and hair? And no matter how they try to change their look via plastic surgery, skin bleaching, hair extensions, etc., are they still unhappy with themselves? These are the questions and more that we will answer. Let's talk exploitation. First of all, let me put this down for you so you know. New modeling to me is a liberation. The art allows black women to shed the taboos which have made their bodies taboo. Black women are taught it's taboo to show off their figure. If they do, they're called whores by other females. Are told good girls don't do that, and even if they do pose, they wind up conflicted. This makes them ashamed of their bodies. But what about the other side of the coin? What about those who use the camera to create pornography? Do they know where the image of the African woman as hot comes from? Do they know of Sarah Bartman? Do they know of the original freak show? Do they understand the effect of the anti-nappy movement in this country and how it affects straightened instead of curly hair, light versus dark, sex object instead of artistic subject? We have a guest on today on the first show, Crazy D's Web Show, the first premiere show, we have a guest on that can talk about this topic. His name is Hotep. Hotep has a DVD which addresses this very topic. It's called Venus Lives. So we're going to bring Hotep up right now. Hotep, you there? Peace, peace. Hey, what's going on, Hotep? I'm good, good. How are you? Oh, good, good. First of all, tell them a little bit about yourself, and then we're going to get into it about the DVD. All right. Well, as you said, my name is Hotep. I'm a filmmaker, author, an educator, speaker, literally a hip-hop media mogul of sorts. You know what I'm saying? I'm involved in all the different aspects of the entertainment industry. I'm based here in Atlanta right now for Long Island, New York. And uh, what you're referring to, my film is actually a part of my multimedia exotic art and culture movement called the Venus Revolution, 
And okay, Venus Revolution, as I said, is a you know a, a multimedia art and culture movement that is based loosely off the story of Sarchi Bartman, the Hot and Top Venus. Okay, tell give them a brief synopsis of the story. Okay, well, Sarchi Bartman in the, the early 1800s was uh, some say she was kidnapped, others say she was coerced. Either way, someone a uh, European man saw her and was so amazed by her body figure that he found a way to get her to come back to Europe with him. And uh, from what I understand, he promised her the riches and fame of the world and such. And so as he got her back in Europe, that, that story of, you know, of you know, riches and such turned to a story of, uh, of horror as she was basically put on display as a circus freak or an animal. Uh, she was raped many times, experimented on like uh, you know, some animal, and um, you know, totally just her life was devastated. You know, and she died in her early 30s from, from sorrow, from homelessness, and uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, out, out from diseases and um, alcoholism, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so, so um, you know, that's the story that most people know about Sarchi Barman, you know, the horror, the horror story, which it is. You know what I'm saying? But uh, my, the reason why my art exhibit is called The Venus Revolution is because we've taken certain aspects of her story and brought light to those aspects because, you know, we as black people, we tend to like to sit around and complain about the atrocities that have happened to us and we don't take enough time to celebrate, um, celebrate the good things, you know, the good things that we do or the legacies, the great legacies that we live, that we leave. And I think Sarchi Bartman's name shouldn't just be left as someone who was um, treated as an animal and that's the end of her story. You know, I think Sarchi Bartman literally has left a, a great legacy that we can pull from her story and use yeah, it as something tell, to empower people. And tell us about uh, the different things. Like in the DVD, you spoke of her being called Venus. Right. One. Well, that's and, yeah. That's exactly. That's that's part of the legacy that she she leaves. So you know that. The, so, bottom line, her story is one of atrocity, but there are aspects of her story that we can pull out and utilize as as, as um, points of empowerment and points of uh, a celebration, and that's why it's called the Venus Revolution. For example, Sarchi Bartman, you know, her name is Sarchi Bartman, but she's known to the world as the hot and tot Venus. Well, if anybody knows history, you know that Venus was the Greek goddess of love and beauty. So on one end, while the Europeans were, you know, treat, you know, degradating her and treating her as such an animal, they also had a certain, um, uh, they were also in a way raised her up. They had a, uh, what, do you want, what do you want to call it? Uh, they were also praising her as their goddess of love and beauty. You know, that's why they call her the hot and top Venus. You know, you don't name something after your own goddess of love and beauty that you don't find to be lovely and beautiful. You understand? So... You know, that's a point that I've put, taken out of the story, you know, okay. Well, Sarchi Bartman, she, they don't just call her Sarchi Bartman in order, the hot and top animal. She's known as the hot and top Venus, Greek goddess of love and beauty, and that's literally what our women are. They're goddesses in, of love and of beauty. So that's the, the first point of the, the Venus Revolution. Yeah, uh, what, are, what are some of the examples in today's society, or even within that society, within the French and the English society, where her legacy lives on, her influence lives on, and certain examples today where her uh, legacy lives on. 
Excellent. Glad you asked the question. Well, one, in, in that time, Sarchi Bartman and other, you know, black women built like her were the inspiration for them to create the corset, you know what I'm saying, the popular corset that's worn today even in, in, in weddings. But at the time, you know, you, you had the European queens, you know, these are the rich people, okay, that were so amazed by this woman's form that they wanted to emulate it. But, you know, of course, naturally these women, you know, white women can't emulate the black woman's form. So what they did is create the corset to tie their, their uh, waist real tight and allow their hips to blossom. And he created these dresses. And if you notice, you see these big dresses that look like bells almost where they're tied around the waist and they have huge blossoming skirts, you know, to kind of emulate um, this woman's form. So the corset is something that they created back then. The corset is one that's popular still today. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's the fashion aspect of it is one. And also the, you know, what they call the whole booty craze. You know, saying the whole booty craze can literally be traced back. If we wanted to trace it back to any one point in time, we can trace that back to this incident with Sarchi Bartman actually being taken from one place to another and put on display in the news is literally what uh, we see today, The uh, you know, that kind of objectification, if you will, of women today, you know what I'm saying, particularly based on, on women that are built this way. And uh, what do you see do you see a change? We're speaking of videos and the popular culture, videos, magazines, uh, books, uh, websites, MySpace even. Do you see a difference or a shift in how the black woman is being represented now versus, let's say, five years ago in music videos and in popular culture? Uh, definitely, you know, um, with the arrival of women like Buffy, whether you like it or not, Beyonce, um, you know, some people give credit to J-Lo. I'm like, no, nah, nah, J-Lo, she, she's all right. You know what I'm saying? But she ain't really got it. Like, we know we know our women got it. You understand? So, but, um, but you know, J-Lo, for, for, the, for the other culture, it's still representa- representation of a, a movement of the acceptance of bigger, fuller-figured, more shapely and curvy women. You know what I'm saying? There was a time where, you know, and even – well, there was a time when you didn't see that often, you know what I'm saying? And in fact, part of the reason why I created my video and uh, my, my movement is because I was upset. Well, you know, you might see Dolly Parton. They, you would accept large breasts all day. You would see that on television. That was, a, you know, a symbol of beauty. But then Big Butt was like, no, nah, that's ugly. You know what I'm saying? I felt that was like a slap in the face for us as, as black men, you know what I'm saying, especially for our black women because you would watch the videos and they would literally cut off. You know, right right when the butt would start, you would see the video, and they would actually cut that off. Or they would always flip the screen, and you cannot see women that are built like this. I'm like, wow, these brothers are casting these women in their videos, but for some reason MTV and BET did not see that as something that was appropriate to be seen. And I'm like, wow, but the breasts, big breasts all day, and cleavage is cool. So I thought that was, you know, definitely racial, racially and culturally motivated. So bottom line, to answer your question, though, today we're seeing more shapely women who um in the forefront, you know what I'm saying, they're able to flaunt it and flaunt it with pride, you know what I'm saying. Um, in addition, dark-skinned women, you know what I'm saying, are coming you know, are coming back, and I'm glad to see that because I love dark chocolate women, you know what I'm saying. So, you know, the whole light-skinned, long hair thing is still an issue in our community, but at least, you know, I'm seeing some more dark-skinned women get some light. Especially, it's funny because it seems like white people actually love dark-skinned black people more than black people do. Is that is that more of uh, going back to the whole fascination with uh, Sarah Bartman, so to speak, as we see on your DVD with the various images of how they 
looked at her and gawked at her, but even stories of uh, African Americans who went over uh, overseas as expatriates, like uh, Josephine Baker and a lot of the uh, Black Renaissance people went over to France, and they said that they would uh, lick their fingers and wipe their face to see if the darkness or the blackness would wipe off. Do you see that that's pretty much still something that, I mean, that their fascination with dark skin is still something that's kind of more perverse than it is a glorification? Uh, <laughs> bottom line, white people, white people love us. White people love and adore black people. Sometimes they have a hard time admitting it. Other people have a hard time, uh, you know, showing their love and, 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 and adoration of us in an appropriate manner. But the bottom line is, you know what I'm saying, you know, white people recognize that there's something special and, and great about us, and some of them exploit it, some of them totally deny it, and other people accept it and, you know, and, um, you know, try, and try and showcase it. Um, what I've seen in commercials, like you watch popular commercials today, an image of black people that uh, you will see uh, very common is a dark-skinned man or, no, dark-skinned woman with curly hair. You see these in all these corporate commercials, like Target and stuff like that. Dark-skinned, beautiful dark-skinned woman with natural hair. You know what I'm saying? Um, I've just seen that a lot. My wife and I will sit back and watch TV like, wow, that's a popular look right now. You know what I'm saying? And these are white people in corporate commercials that are showing these these things. Whereas when we watch our music videos, you know what I'm saying, the woman that you normally see is, you know, she's she's either Puerto Rican, the main woman is either Puerto Rican, or she she looks Puerto Rican. You know what I'm saying? I see that that's a big problem for me because some of our our greatest heroes out there still falling into that to that um you know that idea that. That that is the ultimate woman for us, you know. That's interesting that you would say that because if you watch the uh, Kiss Kiss video, for instance, you'll see that they they stop the whole they stop the music video to show the uh, dark skinned uh, voluptuous woman yes. walking past. But then the main pro- antagonist in the story to to Chris Brown's protagonist is a uh, what they like to call ethnic. I mean, you can't tell what she is, but she's lighter than the sister herself. Her sister was put on display as like a side attraction. But right. The main attraction is this. So I mean, it's really. I mean, where where do you feel? What what do you? Where is the responsibility from the artist when they're on the sets saying well, who should be the lead woman in their video? Do they have any power? Well, yeah, that's the thing. You know, a lot of people make the mistake in believing that. You know, artists have any say-so in what they do, and for the most part, most artists don't have any say-so or power. They don't. They they can't determine which song is going to be their single, who's going to be the lead, and so on and so forth. You know, literally, artists, the music artists, are the slaves of the entertainment industry. You know, so they're the first one you see. You know, what I'm saying they're doing they're the, the horsepower. They do the work and such, but they're the last one to get paid, and they don't make the big major decisions when it comes to it. Now, of course, there are exceptions to that. You have some. You know rappers or some musicians that are bosses in the game too, but that's the that's the exception to the rule. So you know when I talk about, I don't really even deal with the artists so much because in mean, recognizing that they they are the powerless people, you know it would be in our, it's not in our best interest to target artists if they want if someone makes wants to make change in the music industry, you don't target the artists, you target the labels that have that you know the people that have to say so. 
and you say, you know what, we don't like the images that you're putting out, we're going to boycott your label and everybody that's on your label. Or, you know what, we're going to, uh, and when we do that, we're going to tell, uh, send a message to all the people that support you and tell them not to support you anymore. So we're going to make it look bad and then, you know, make that money uh, an issue for you. And then they make changes, you know what I'm saying? So you, you deal with the people that are in power if you want to make a change in any industry, and the artists are simply not those those people. I'm glad you brought that that example of the kids, because that's a perfect example. Like, okay, the dark-skinned sister that we all know, like, see, we all know we love that, but they're not willing to show that. You know what I'm saying? We'll stare at it, look at each other, and let her go on. You know, so she, this woman's lonely because, you know, like, nobody's paying her no other attention except by just staring at her, her figure and form, but nobody wants her because what, what, what Chris Brown really wants is this sister right here. So he'll stare at that one, but this is the one he wants to wifey, you know, wants his wife. And that's a very, it's a very big, that's what it communicates to us. And you can imagine what it does for a woman's psyche. You know yeah, absolutely. Now, there's um, a shift in music videos. I don't know if you've seen the new uh, independent video by uh, Webby, but at the end they give uh, Pimp C, uh, rest in peace to Pimp C uh, also. I, I've seen part but, of the video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's... Uh, when when they put it on, I happened to watch it for the first time because, like I said, I own Crazy D, so a lot of people are coming in looking for that single. So I actually had a chance to sit down and watch the video last night, and it's a positive video. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're talking about independent women and thus and so. Once that happened, then MTV Jams brought out independent woman by uh, De- Destiny's Child, then they brought out Ladies First by Queen Latifah, and the whole block became a positive movement from off of Webby and Boozy uh, rapping this song. It was influenced by Pimp C. Mm. You see, so, I mean, this is a real deep thing. It shows how the strength that was within the black male when he puts a song across, then the whole world moves, MTV Jams, put a whole positive block together, including Ladies First by Queen Latifah. Mm. So, I mean, it's like a whole shift in the music that can happen if more of these songs come out. But I want to uh, shift over to your projects because you have a couple of books out and you have the DVD. So I want to go into the DVD because they can pick the DVD up on crazydonline.com. They go there right now, crazydonline.com. They can order it right off of my website. Also, you have the book, Hustle While You Work, Using Your 9 to 5 to Jumpstart Your 5 to 9, and The Hustler's Ten Commandments. Yes, sir. And uh, we want to we wanna get into both books, which book came first, and we wrote those. We're talking more about the DVD. So let's talk about The uh, Hustle While You Work and The Hustler's Ten Commandments. Okay, well, either both of those, my my writing career actually started with the, the you know, my, my first movie, you know what I'm saying, my first documentary called Independent Doing Major Things. And it's, you know, more now today it's known as The Hustler's Guide to the Entertainment Industry. But the film encased on is Independent Doing Major Things. And when the movie came out, it's a documentary about the whole Atlanta entertainment scene, the music, the film, the fashion industry, the whole what we call the um, Atlanta Renaissance, you know what I'm saying. And so in that film, as the host, I created something that was called the Hustlers' Ten Commandments, and it, um, you know, I just featured it in the film and I displayed it in the film. And I, as I went on tour with the movie, people, more and more people were engaged and asking me about this this Hustlers' Ten Commandments. It's like, yo, yo, what's that? You know, they wanted me to talk about it. I ended up talking about it quite a few times at these uh, conferences, 
and that's what led me to write the book. The Hustler's Ten Commandments is a collection of corporate best practices, ancient wisdom, and guerrilla tactics for today's independent-minded entrepreneur. And literally what it is is um, what the Hustler's Ten Commandments is is a a, a collection of, uh, I guess you could say, rules of thumb, you know what I'm saying, that all successful, wealthy, and empowered people utilize and practice in their daily lives, whether it's their personal life or professional life. And so I've, I've come to recognize as, you know, from, from reading other uh, books or from being taught lessons from very powerful people, and so and it's something that I apply in my life. And so... When I released the book, I released that book, The Hustle's Ten Commandments, in 2006. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it just took off like wildfire, man. I mean, the book just, I've never, I've never seen a book, you know, sell so quickly before, you know what I'm saying? And I never expected it to happen that way. In fact, honestly, I was one of those people that once said, you know, black people don't read. But it's <laughs> simply not true. You know what I'm saying? It's such a false statement. I don't even know where it came from, and I don't know how I so easily embraced it. Black people read, man. You know, say I know you know, but I'm saying this to your audience. You know, saying black people read. Now we may not always read the right things, but we are reading. And so, you know, the title I think is what engages people first. You know, saying you hear the hustlers' ten commandments. You're like, yo, hold up, what's that? What you mean? You know, if you're a religious person, you might even be offended. Like, what you mean? I'm Jesus' ten commandments or whatever they say. You know, saying well, God's ten commandments. And then what about Uh, hustle while you work? Now this book right here. When I I had both up and the person, uh, one of the particular people who came in and bought the book, they saw the nine to five jump start to a five to nine, and that what automatically made them jump on that book. So let's talk about this book. Okay. How to make yeah, nine to that's five interesting. You said that. You know, I, I found that in my own uh, when I do sell both products together. When people see the Hustlers Ten Commandments title, it's like a question mark, and they're curious about something. They want to open it up and find out more. But when they see Hustle While You Work, that's automatic. Like it's just boom, it clicks automatically with people because that's what people do. You know, that's what a lot of us are doing today. Bottom line, Hustle While You Work came out because you know, I'm, you know, right now I'm at a point in my life where I have two books out, I have two films, I tour the country, I have a newspaper that I put out. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, I'm just recognizing, and I have, you know, the Venus Revolution art exhibit. So I've been recognized as a person that's able to, to do things at will and not only do them but make them successful, um, not only uh, as far as marketing and promotion-wise but also financially successful. So, but what people didn't realize is that I'm a school teacher. You know, I teach elementary school. So in, in essence, you know, all, I'm doing all this on top of the fact of having a full-time job. So that is what, you know, people became a great question to people. You know, Hotel, how are you able to do this? You know what I'm saying? How do you find the time to do this? How do you balance this, that, and the other? How do you leverage? Boom, boom, boom. And that's where, and I told them, you know, I hustle while I work. And so that came became a statement that I started using, and I said, you know what, I need to go ahead and, um, and put a, put, that would be my next book. And I also wanted to do that to protect the phrase, you know what I'm saying, because I had never heard the phrase used before. So I, you know, I, I'm coining this phrase, you know what I'm saying, hustle while you work. So as you hear it more and more in our communities, people recognize where it came from. But a hustle while you work, again, is basically step-by-steps how to utilize your job to leverage your entrepreneurial aspirations. And we do live in a time where everybody wants to be an entrepreneur in some way, shape, or fashion. I don't care who you're asking. Everybody's going to say, I want to own my own business. Okay, but a lot of people don't know how to own a business. They don't know where to start. They don't know what to do. 
Okay, they don't know how to balance, how to um, manage their time or create time for themselves. Okay, how to use the money, how to create money, how to find um, other means of, of financing so that you don't go into debt. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people make the foolish thought that uh, a business is successful because it makes a million dollars in a year. But if it's still $5 million in debt, you know what I'm saying, is it all that successful? They still owe $4 million. Same mistake people time. make when buying homes. They think they're a homeowner, but no, nah, they don't. Own, if you're paying a mortgage, you're not a homeowner. You know what I'm saying? You see, you see what I'm saying? So these some are the lies that we get taught. We get some, taught some, these lies about business and home ownership, and we fall into it. My business is 100% clear. I may not make a million dollars, but you know what? When I make when I make a $10 book sale, I make $10. Whereas another author, if they make a $10 book sale, they might make a dollar and 50 cents. You yeah, see what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, so in any case, hustle, hustle while you work, deals with all these issues, how to make money while you sleep, um, you know, so how to deal with your boss and coworkers. That's a big one for people, you know what I'm saying, how to deal with their boss. And the coworkers, you got a lot of haters in there, and how to how to identify people that are that that you can discuss that your are, your entrepreneurial aspirations with, and who are the people that you shouldn't, you know, and uh, so so on and so forth. That's the whole premise of hustle while you work. Yeah, we we need more time, but uh, <laughs> uh, as far as we do, we need more than a half hour here. Let's see, uh, Venus lives. Uh, give them your website so that they can go in there and see the uh, the trailer and all that. Give them your website. They can go to venusrevolution.com. Again, that's venusrevolution.com. And all the information about the hustler stuff, they can go to hustleuniversity.org. You know, Hustle University is really the school, the school that I created based off the tenets of the Hustler's Ten Commandments. And all this, you know, I feel, I feel like Moses, you know what I'm saying? I'm Moses, and I'm spreading this Hustler's Gospel, and I spread it through the Hustler's Ten Commandments. You know, God gave me the Hustler's Ten, and I'm spreading it you know, this gospel through the books and the films and my art exhibit and such. And let me be clear to your audience that when I say hustle, I'm talking about to act aggressively when it comes to your business. Whatever your business is, whatever your occupation is, whether you're a student, whether you're in a corporation, an entrepreneur, to hustle means to act aggressively when it comes to your business. So I'm not talking about no dope selling or nothing like that. That's right. And we'd like to thank Hotep for being on the very first show of Crazy D's web show radio and uh i'll talk with you again hotel crazy d i appreciate i'm honored all right peace out peace and that's it people that's that's the show we have three minutes left we'd like to say that all of the products that you heard of today hotel's hustle while you work the hustlers ten commandments and the venus Lives DVD are all available at Crazy D, located at 20,003 Harvard Avenue. Also, you can uh, pick up his products over my website at crazydonline.com. That's C-R-A-Z-Y-D-E-E online.com. And we're going to close with one of my songs. This is the first premiere issue and show of Crazy D's web show, radio and um you've enjoyed yourself because i have and we'll see you next time
if she need it Just to be beaded, just to skate skated Nah, she ain't greedy, nah. give to the needy Color purple like steely, damn this girl freaky No baddie, yeah, pussy go freaky Niagara nigga, and I'm killing that shit with no bad nigga Pure stamina, that girl is a stallion She got it going on, from late night to the early morn Two stepping and in the zone, skirt with some stilettos on So I'm parking lot, pimping in the mobile home On my mobile phone, with no shirt and my gators on Oh, 